0: and welcome to The Aside, a podcast for drama teachers and students. I'm Nick Waxman, and today we will be hearing part three of an interview with Emily Goddard, performer and co-creator of This Is Eden, performing at 45 downstairs as part of the VCAA 2018 VCE drama playlist. This is part three of the podcast. If you haven't listened to part one or part two, I encourage you to go back and listen to those. Let's get to it. Is there an example of the character, uh, of the actor transforming between characters?
1: Yes, Mary and Jane, and then the three mockeries.
0: How does that happen? How does that transformation happen?
1: Uh, Well, Mary and Jane, there's costume changes, so they're very clear, very clear. They are to be believed as different characters, Um, but... The mockeries happen within the cell either they're kind of they snap into it or they're sort of gentle um, gradual things that begin. Um, but they all come from physical transformation in terms of like what my body is doing, what my voice is doing and gestures.
0: What about our transformation of place?
1: Uh, yes, there's transformation of place between the the world of the theatre and in in two thousand and eighteen and the Cascades Female Factory solitary cell in eighteen thirty seven, and then I guess I mean we don't we're not transforming place completely through the mockeries, but we do allude to other places where they are, like they're not taking place within the cell.
0: For I mean, example, the mockeries yeah. take
1: place within the cell, but the, but the, the speeches or the things, the, the characters are, that are being mocked are set in other places, like the chapel, um, the homestead of the, 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 the wife of the master and the grounds of the, the factory with the superintendent.
0: Is there a translator looking?
1: She does have a, a, her, her woolen grey blanket that becomes the cloak of Lady F. So, yeah, she uses that.
0: Um, transformation of time.
1: Transformation of time. The, the time inside the cell is unclear. Um, we get a narrative, but um, yeah, it's, it, we, we sort of don't, it's never clear whether this, is, this takes place over a long time or a short time. There is a jump between twenty eighteen and eighteen thirty seven. Yeah, well, that's probably the big one. And, and the then throughout that. the play, um, when Jane comes back, so we come back into the contemporary world, and then we go back again into, and that transformation actually is um, a slow, a slower, much more delicate one, where Jane removes her costume, and during a song. Um, a song that she sung at the very beginning, actually, in the foyer, she then sings again in a in a, a, a more um, slow and solemn way and she removes her costume of Jane and she sort of, I transform into Mary and go back into the cell.
0: Do you use stillness and silence yeah. at any point?
1: Yeah. There's a lot of stillness with Mary. There's a lot of silence, I think, also with Mary. She's probably the, the character that um, the moments where we're inside the cell with her, where she's not doing a mockery, they're probably the moments that we use those the most. And also that period I was talking about where Mary disappears just before Jane reappears and there's a sort of section where it's just light and sound and you don't know where she's gone or what's kind of happened, um, which would be another part.
0: And that's quite naturalistic, the use of stillness and silence? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But there is exaggerated movement? Uh, Yeah,
1: exaggerated movement would be um, all of the – a lot of the gestures. um, Jane's tour guide gestures are all quite exaggerated. Um, And then in the mockeries there would be – lady f does a lot of exaggerated movement with her mouth with her hands um the exaggerated movement of all the um the saliva and the kind of um all the gestures of the reverend the um as he um becomes more perverted the superintendent's um slapstick i think would be exaggerated movement too
0: Okay, we've talked about song. Song is, which I didn't know, but song is present.
1: Yeah, there is one song that we wrote that's kind of inspired by the convict folk songs and Jane sings it at the very beginning of the show um, as a sort of, because she thinks people will like it, but um, she sings it in a very over-the-top gimmicky way. Um, That's quite funny I think it's supposed to be, or <laughs> well, she doesn't intend for it to be. Um, and then that song is repeated later on, after Jane has come to sort of some dark realisations about it.
0: what's going on. And fragmentary set? You have some fragmentary set?
1: Yeah, fragmentary set, That in that the set isn't um, a whole representation of how the cell would have been, um, obviously no walls. <laughs>
0: Is there non-naturalistic manipulation of the actor audience relationship? Definitely, yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that? Uh,
1: um, Yeah, Jane, Mary, um, inside her cell, Mary imagines there's an audience for these mockeries. And the audience at various points is asked to join in as Mary would have asked her audience to join in. So at one point they are called on to sing a hymn um, and they stand and sing this hymn with her before the Reverend mockery begins. Um, and there's also another point where they're, um, they're called on to throw their hymns at the superintendent. Um, they're sort of called on at various points to engage And then I think it's part of them being part of the story and being really involved in it and being involved in the emotional darker sides, in the hilarity as well, and sort of in a sense like becoming one with Mary until at the end um, there's nothing that can be done for her. Even though she's calling on people, there's sort of no way that the audience can... Kind of save her from what's about to happen. So I think that's something that was really important to us. That the audience was manipulated and um engaged in 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 different ways throughout to um to make sure that they had a really emotional and visceral response to it. Yeah.
0: Is there a dramatic shift in lighting at any point?
1: Yeah, there's often very there's often moments where um mary is very isolated just by a very very soft light you might only see her you don't see the rest of the cell at other parts towards the end of the piece the lighting expands more and you can start to see you you do see more of the cell and and the rest of the stage Um, i think the lighting is designed to um really uh to help us see different characters in different ways so there is a harsh, cold light for the superintendent. There's a very sharp light for the reverend. Um, it's a warmer light at times for Mary, softer light. It really depends on what what, what the tone is at the time. Okay. My
0: question is, students coming in to watch, yeah. what, what do you want them to think, feel, or how do you want them to prepare for coming in?
1: Yeah, I, I guess maybe just sort of give yourself I would hope that all the different audiences will give themselves over to the experience and um and no emotional response to the work is wrong. I think some of it's quite provocative, some of it's quite challenging, um and Buffon is designed to to be that way, so so no emotional response is wrong
0: okay so uh, you mentioned that the theater style is buffon mm-hmm. could you give some contemporary examples of buffon um Buffons? uh
1: sasha baron cohen who also studied with gollier is a um his characters borat um as one example is quite a classic example of contemporary buffon um also i don't know whether some of Chris Lilly's stuff, I think, goes into buffon because it's exaggerated kind of characterizations that make that that are commenting on the people around that character,
0: and often from a someone of lower status.
1: Yes, yes, that's very important. The buffon is um, always from characters who are sort of outcasts.
0: Which Minorities. Is different to mockery or to satire, which could go up, down, across, and sideways font specifically is people of lower status mocking people of higher status. Yeah,
1: mocking those who have oppressed them. So in a way, maybe maybe Grizzly is not so much a good example. But there but in the way that he's he's commenting his characterizations of commenting not not necessarily so much on the person he's playing but more on the people around him and, and the, the sort of unease that you feel with some of it when you recognize parts of yourself
0: and that tension is important
1: yeah absolutely yeah because it's funny but it's also terrifying and very confronting um and I think that's the that's the interesting part of Buffon that it really you want to watch it it's very playful you want to watch it you want to engage with it but at the same time you sort of feel like someone's. Um, twisting a knife into you. Yeah. Buffon, very <laughs> Buffon. Cool. Um, I think it's very important to remember that Buffon are the um, are outcasts or they're the, the sort of underclass, the people who exist on the edges of society. And there's a sense that these people um, have a kind of greater sense of truth about the world and also have the ability to expose the hypocrisy of the people who have, who have, who have outcast them. Um,
0: yeah. Excellent. And do you think that underpins the whole shop? Is it important? Yes.
1: Yes, I think so. I think I like the idea that, um, that Mary back in 1837 is, is somehow, um, has somehow has a message for us today through the kind of passages of time. And I'm excited to have all the students there. Woo.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much for your thank time you. today, Emily. Thanks so we much. Really appreciate thank it. Thank
1: you. My pleasure. See you at the theatre.
0: That is the end of part three of our interview with Emily Goddard. If you wish to find out more about This Is Eden, please go to thisiseden.com.au. That is all from us at The Aside. Thanks to Aaron Searle for providing the music and Eltham College for letting us record here. There's a range of episodes in the bank, so feel free to listen to one that grabs your attention. If you'd like to ask us a question, please do not hesitate. Just email us at asidepodcast at outlook.com and we'll try to answer your question in a future episode. Thanks for listening.